everybody. Welcome to the podcast. It is your co-host, Matt Cantrell. Along with me is the mountain man himself, Travis Dean Roberts. Travis, how are you doing today? Pretty good. Uh, we just celebrated Easter, so everything is Eastery and peachy. Man, I feel like we're getting good at this. Technically, for us, it's April 5th. But for your years... But we're thinking ahead into the state of mind that we will be in after we've celebrated Easter. Oh, man. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> Thanks for asking. How are you, Matt? I'd already answered it. I'm okay. prepared. See? Again, it's the 5th, but it's also the 10th. I'm ahead of your question as well. Very, very well done. Thank you. Hey, uh, so we just spent the weekend... Basically, the the last week, starting from Palm Sunday on the, what was that? That would have been the third? Yes. Second? That was the second. The second? Yep. Um, celebrating Palm Sunday, Jesus entering into Jerusalem, about to, to lay his life down. And he came riding in on a Lamborghini. I heard Bugatti. Bugatti. I actually, this is like completely aside from what I was uh, hoping to talk about, but I, I heard... So I quick, heard an, quick correction. He wrote in on a donkey. He so, wrote in on anyways, a donkey. Anyways, go ahead. I heard an interview once where someone who who preached the prosperity gospel, that what Jesus wants for you, what God wants for you is, is just health, wealth, prosperity, and goodness right now, was pushed on that and said, but Jesus wrote in before he was about to be crucified, which isn't all that glamorous, on a donkey. And the guy, the prosperity preacher went, yeah, but here's what you don't understand, which I had no idea, didn't quote anything, goes, uh, a donkey was like riding in on a Bugatti. That's like coming in on a, in a Ferrari. <laughs> and I listened to somebody that was responding, was like, no, they had chariots. <laughs> That's silly. But anyway, so Palm Sunday, we celebrate Jesus is coming into Jerusalem, about to fulfill prophecy, about to die on our behalf. The week, this last week, led up to Good Friday, which we celebrated Friday night. Yep. In two days from now and three days from when you hear this. <laughs> I'm getting in my head about the scheduling. Keep, keep going on. Where we celebrate Jesus' death and then Sunday being uh, yesterday. This is not good for me and my, my brain. I'm starting to spin. We Just celebrated- to clarify for people, we recorded this on Wednesday, yes. April 5th. Correct. And it will come out on Monday, April 9th. 10th. 10th. There we go. Yes. So, um, happy birthday, Benji. That was also yesterday on the 9th. Congratulations, Thank Benji. You. I'm, uh, this is not something that I can handle in my brain. I am spinning around in circles. So let's take it to the, yeah, what you're getting the to. The meat. Yeah. So, what we know just from baseline facts no credible historian would ever deny the fact that Jesus existed as a person. Have you heard that phrase before? Yeah, there are a few who are in like higher education that would, that some will will say, well, we question it or whatever. But they would be on the fringe. Correct. Um, they would not be in the in the majority of historians. Um, yeah, you're right. So you have. Let's say the 99.9 percentile of people that are, are historians, maybe that's being too, too strong, would not deny the fact that there was an, an historical figure by the name of Jesus, a Jewish person who started, who was a rabbi and a teacher, and everyone, a lot of people flocked to claims of uh, healing, uh, demonic uh, 
what's the word I'm looking for? for like like deliverance. Deliverance, all yeah. of these things. So we have biblical, extra biblical, abiblical, all of these these proofs that Jesus existed as a historical figure. And then most, if not every uh, one of those same historians would say it is undeniable that Jesus died, specifically died on a Roman cross. Right. Okay. Yep. So this is our first couple of events that we've celebrated in Holy Week. Yeah. Uh, and that, um, yeah, and there's, I mean, there's, there's, there's so much with this uh, that people will... Um, it's it's funny to me where the argument begins. Is it really like if somebody's saying like, "Oh, it never happened," is it really based upon really legitimate research that they've done, mm-hmm. or is it more convenient to say, "I don't think that it happened," or "I don't want it to have happened," you yeah. know, that kind of thing? So, anyways, right, right, right. so the funny thing for from what I've seen about the things outside of the Bible that point to the fact that Jesus lived and died were sources that were not Christians that were making fun of Christians because mm-hmm. they believed in this guy. Right. Because they're like, no, he definitely lived. Right. He was around the area. He stirred up some trouble. Right. He definitely died. Right. And he died in like the most despicable manner possible. Yes. And these silly Christians are worshiping this man. Yeah. So the, the part that comes into question for a lot of people is the resurrection, which we just celebrated, that Jesus by the power of the Father, was was raised from the dead after dying and defeating sin. Yep. This is, ironically enough, maybe ironically is not the right word, is the hinge point, the center of our entire faith. Paul, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 14. Um, I'll just read it. He's talking to, to the Corinthians. He's talking about the, the very fact, the basis, uh, the physical uh, reality of Jesus' resurrection. And he says... Verse 13, but if there is no resurrection of the dead, not even Christ has been raised. Verse 14, and if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith also is in vain. So if the resurrection did not happen historically, physically, then all of this is for naught. Who cares if he lived? Who cares if he died on a cross? Yeah, and this is where Christianity breaks from being a philosophy, just like a way of life, a book in the in the in the um, in the in the library or the bookstore that's mm-hmm. like one of many. This is where Scripture begins to stand on its own, and and Christianity begins to stand on its own because Christianity confronts the biggest question that each of us will face. Every single person on the planet will face this: What do we do with death? Yeah, right. And we'll we'll, we'll not just handle death as a part of grief when our loved ones die around us mm-hmm. or death when we see it on the news every day it seems like right yep but we will also be faced with our own death and christianity makes a compelling claim yeah that the the central figure of our faith jesus the incarnate like being of god right mm-hmm. um was crucified for our sins and our sins were heaped on him and he gave us his righteousness, the gospel that's later explained in the, in the um, letters, but that when he rose from the dead, the resurrection is saying he defeated sin, but he also defeated death, mm-hmm. which reorients what death is to us. Yeah, right. And so all of humanity before him and after him 
everything hinges on him, where Christianity makes the claim, the compelling claim, that death is not final. It is not the end. It doesn't defeat everyone. Jesus has overcome the world, and he's overcome death. And so it's like we're faced with what do we do about death? We can't solve it, even in our greatest attempts to like live longer and mm. be happier, healthier, wealthier, whatever it may be. We can't prolong life, yeah. and we can't we can't give ourselves eternal life. Yeah. And so this becomes really critical. And what you just read is like, well, Christians claim Jesus is is the road. He's the way. He's the truth. He's the life. Yeah. And and if he preached great sermons and he healed people and he delivered de- like people from with with demons and he did all of these great things and he died on the cross. But if he doesn't rise from the grave, then Paul says, like, he just puts it in the Bible. Like, this is what's so funny about the Bible. The Bible doesn't, like, try and just, like, bat away everything. The Bible says it's on the resurrection right. where we stand, and without it, we should be pitied above everyone else. Yeah, I, this is one of the things that I'm—I'm <clears throat> I'm pretty black and white. So the thing that was one of the things that I love so much about Christianity and that I find comfort in in a strange way with God is that he— he really only gives you one of two options. Mm-hmm. And in this scenario, it's like it either happened or it didn't find out which side of the fence you land on. There's a C.S. Lewis quote that's uh, it's his, it's his famous one where they call it the trilemma. It's either Jesus is Lord, liar, or lunatic, mm-hmm. which if you've never heard this, I would encourage you to look into it because it's a fascinating um, argument that he gives, but at the end of it, he he starts with this phrase. He says, "Now do, I will not send mere Christianity if I I will not allow or I, for anyone who's who wants to claim Jesus as a good moral teacher or a good guy or something like that. Um, I I will have none of that." And then he goes in and he explains. He either has to be Lord, lunatic, or liar. And then at the very end, he says, he says he's either God or he's not. Mm-hmm. Jesus did not allow room for any of this nonsense in the middle. Mm-hmm. So even if you're if you're listening to this and you're kind of on the fence of like I believe in I believe Jesus lived I believe that he died but you are kind of battling through or you want to like ignore the part of the resurrection like none of this matters mm-hmm. even in Paul's own words like none of this matters we are to be pitied if none mm-hmm. of this matters like Jesus loves us enough to put the truth in front of us and say like it, you either are going to trust in me all the way or you're not going to trust in me at all. Yeah. So were you going to add something with that? No, go ahead. So with that being said, um, we thought it would be fun, and Travis may have talked about all this yesterday. Maybe not. Yeah. Maybe you went in an entirely different direction. Yeah, we'll Maybe you decided to talk about <laughs> Easter eggs. Easter eggs. Nope, didn't do that. Didn't do that. <laughs> Guaranteed. <laughs> <laughs> I handed my, resi- uh, my resignation right now. <laughs> um, there are a couple of different uh, arguments. Is that a, is that a, did you say argument? Just hit your head on the microphone. Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> um, there are a couple of different arguments or theories, let's say theories, mm-hmm. to try and disprove the resurrection that are pretty yeah. prominent. We have four in front of us right now that we kind of want to do explain. Which and offer. If we get into it, if you, if you want to, um, so Christianity makes an incredible claim that Jesus has defeated death. And, and he says there's the we, Christianity says there's no, there's no body. You know, you can go into the, you know, you, we, we just don't have it. It's gone. Um, eyewitness testimony and 
you know, we, we, you, you went from like, so Christianity's are Christianity's like before the resurrection, the disciples can't be found because they're scared. They're denying, they're timid. They're f- in fear of like losing everything post resurrection. These guys all of a sudden gain confidence out of nowhere yeah. and are like preaching to the, the, the <laughs> high priest. And they're like saying, you're the ones that, Yes, that uh, crucified, crucified Jesus and all. So it's like, whoa, what happened to these guys? <laughs> like They move from Peter saying, I will die for you, and then denying him exactly. three times. Thomas is doubting. Like, they're all running and hiding, scared to death. And it's like, either Jesus did return or Red Bull was invented in the ma- right. in the matter of, like, you know, 24 hours. The fit, the, one of my favorite verses in all of Scripture is in, like, it's a, I think it's the fourth chapter of Acts where they're beaten in front of, like, the, the high court and then they're thrown in jail, and they're pushed out, and they say, just don't go preach the gospel anymore. And it says the apostles, the disciples, left the left the, the prison, like, rejoicing that Jesus counted them worthy to be beaten. Yes. It's like, what? That is a flip-flop. <laughs> yeah, what, <laughs> Some, ha- what happened? Something happened. So. Um, and so, so if that's the claim that Christianity makes, and Paul puts so much of a, puts the foundation on it, then it would make sense for critics and people who don't want it to be true or who, you know, find reason to question it, it would make sense for them to go down and, like, let's create, like, or let's talk about if the body wasn't there, if Jesus died but we don't have the body, what happened to the body? Well, you have to kind of, you know, you have to bring up examples, ideas, thoughts. And so you have one theory is the swoon theory, which the swoon theory is after Jesus is tortured, he's not slept, he's got the th- crown of thorns in his head, he's been crucified. He's been uh, beat 39, 39 lashes from the, the what's it called? The, the, the cat of nine tails. Yeah, which is like tearing flesh. And it's, I 40, mean, it's just 40 lashes thought to kill, the man, kill a man, he gets 39. Right. Yeah. And so, so he's gone through all of this, and then at the end, he hasn't died. We call I'll call this the uh, the rope dope theory, right? Like so, Muhammad Ali, right? What how's that how's that go? He's in the he's in the ring with somebody, and he's like just taking punches, acting like he's done, acting like he's done, and yeah. then he just gets up and just yeah melees. So that's the swoon theory, and so he never died, and then he reappears to his disciples, which brings up lots of questions, like um, <laughs> he which, would have been disfigured, he would have you know there would have been crazy beating marks if he shows up in the next couple of days and all, all of all of the above um yeah that is a that is a fascinating thought of if he if he did not die and then he came to to thomas who's mm-hmm. described as doubting thomas who's like right. i'm not going to believe unless i can put my my finger in the holes in his hands and his side mm-hmm. thomas sees this guy that's like dragging his leg behind him and bleeding three days later still and he's like yep this is god got him yep right <laughs> that'll make a ton of sense right um, then there is the, uh, the replacement theory, mm-hmm. which is kind of like prestige, the movie you, um, you had people who created a theory of Jesus must've had a brother that looked just like him, like twin brother mm-hmm. that, uh, Jesus himself died, but his twin brother came and was the resurrected one. And he's the one that, you know gets all of this started and off the ground and all that kind of stuff and that sounds like you know the the show arrested development uh yeah Job. oh yeah <laughs> that sounds like one of his magic tricks 
<laughs> the problem with that um, is uh, there's I mean there's several problems, but one is like Jesus' own mother knows Jesus mm-hmm. and would know the difference between Jesus and any other brother. <laughs> like you're not him. <laughs> um, not only not only that, but he also had two other you know two two uh, brothers that would that were. Um, you know, witnesses post-resurrection anyways, uh, or claim to be witnesses post-resurrection. So you have that that theory. Which that's, if you can talk more into that even, you were talking before about uh-huh. if your family. So we were talking his brothers oh, being Jam- yeah. James and Jude. Yeah. James who was, James was the first martyr, right? Yes. I, I believe, yeah, I believe so. He's the first, well, the first uh, of the 12 apostles that was martyred, that yeah. was murdered. The leader of the Jerusalem church, and then Jude who writes this like fiery rebuke of false teachers, the second to last book. Okay. Yeah. The second to last book in the new Testament. These are mm-hmm. his half brothers who saw him. Right. Who, like when they, the funny, the funny story of like, uh, back in the gospels when, when he's starting to build up a following and they say, go to Jerusalem to the, for the celebration. And like, and then you will start getting more popularity. They think yeah. he's just a rabbi. Right. So how did they go from, He's a teacher, rabbi, to post-resurrection, they're worshiping him as God. They describe themselves, Jew, James, a bond servant yes. of, the Christ, of Christ Jesus. Which, when you think about it, like, it's one thing, it'd be one thing for Jesus to convince some, uh, you know, people like Peter, some yeah. friends, some maybe even some people who are, like, kind of off in a distance kind of following him, mm-hmm. Um it's one thing to like, it'd be one thing to convince them. It'd be a whole new ball game to convince your mother and mm-hmm. your two brothers that you are God and yeah. they would worship you as God. That's, that's whole other level. I could, I could never, <laughs> even in my wildest attempts could never convince my mom. My mom is, is maybe my biggest fan, you know, and always has been. Mm-hmm. She would, she's never in her, in her days thought of me as God and my brother would definitely, and and sisters would never (laughs) be be like, you need God in your life. There's a, there's a challenge for you. If you're listening to this, go find Brady Roberts and say, (laughs) what, what would your brother have to, the mountain man himself, what would he have to do to prove that he is God to you? As a matter of fact, just give him a call. His phone number is 785 Three seven five zero one five three. Call him, text him, put him on the spot. Also, if you sell Herbalife for something like that, he is very interested in getting involved. <laughs> um, so there's that theory that that I think we can, um, you know, we can talk through. Anyways, um, the, the next being the the stolen body yes. theory. Uh huh. Which is, um, which w- probably maybe the the most well known one, maybe maybe the swoon one. The uh, the the claim that Jesus's body was stolen because there would have been a lot of uh, his followers looking for him to be resurrected or thinking that, that they would win the game if they could. Right, self fulfilling prophecy. Yes, yes, kind of going after that. Um, again, then you have all these these questions of like, okay, if if they stole it on the on the you know Pharisee side, why not show people that he's still dead and boom, you know, Christianity's done. Paul can never make the claim he makes in in uh, in later books. Mm-hmm. Um, if the disciples stole him, 
how does that give them confidence at all yeah. to have such a drastic change and all, all of the above? So, yeah. Yeah. Isn't that, I think that theory, forgive me if I'm wrong, is found in one of the Gospels. Like it's, the description is for pi- fear. pilot or somebody says yeah. like, go That's why tell. they rolled the stone in front because for fear that someone would try and do something to the body itself. Right. But afterwards. Oh, yeah. The, the I don't know if it's the the Pharisees or, or somebody maybe I'm mis maybe I'm out of line with this one maybe I'm forgetting but I, I'm thinking of like they it's why they guarded the tomb it's right why they had guards is why they rolled the stone in front that was that was another level of security so that right something couldn't happen you know so yeah. that it was secure because um, yeah. their whole point in crucifying Jesus was to stop in some ways what they'd seen as like an insurrection uh yeah, um, right. Which even like okay, like, like what you're saying. Okay, maybe let's pretend like that's right. You cannot explain the next two thousand years. So you specifically cannot explain the next thirty years mm-hmm. of the church starting to explode. Where you have people right. who this is one of my favorite things that I've heard as a defense for for Christianity being true is like every religion you have martyrs. You have people who are willing to die for what they believe. You have that even in philosophy. Mm-hmm. The difference about Christianity is that you have people who are willing to die for what they say they saw. Right. Which is a whole other ballgame. Yeah. Which also leads to the fourth theory, which is the idea of mass hallucination. Mm. Yeah. So this theory, basically what's said is uh, Jesus, of course, he never rose from the dead. No one's ever, which is, this is just a funny line of thinking. We have never seen someone, this is a lot of like, um, like, like liberal theology, Christianity takes this idea of I've never seen this happen, so it cannot happen, which is a real close-minded way of living. <laughs> but yeah, um, well, it's an, that's a naturalistic way to approach the world. Sure. Know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the the theory is I've never seen someone resurrect from the dead, so it could not have happened. So you right. got to run with that. And the theory is a whole lot of people came together. And you've seen videos like Benny Hinn videos online where he waves his jacket and like a, mm-hmm. a whole crowd of people fall back. They're they're stirred up, right? Um, like say emotionally, and so everybody falls into this line of thinking. And so Paul's claiming like hundreds of people saw Jesus after mm-hmm. he rose, right? Right. And this this theory says, oh yeah, they just hallucinated it, mm. like something was in the water. Yeah. Or Peter started preaching and was really, really eloquent, and everyone was like, I see him. And then the next person was like, oh, yeah, me too. Well, and they have, they have, uh, this is where we were talking before, like, they have, like, you know, big moments where Jesus comes to Peter and is like, because Peter's dejected and he's like fishing again. Mm -hmm. And Jesus is like, dude, can you... Stop with the fishing. Like, I'm calling you back to this thing that I called you to before. That and it, that's fishing. when he does, like, feed my sheep and, you know, do you love me? And then feed my sheep, you know, all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's moments where, like, yeah, is it really him? And it's like, well, he's eating fish. Like, he's yeah. he's eating like he, us, you yeah, know, in, in some way. So the, the some of the details that are that are remembered and, and, and written down are, like, you know, if 
if this was meant to be a myth and it was just meant to carry on some religion uh, into the world that became w- what it is today, mm-hmm. uh, you would you would almost think like the best way to do it is almost like Lord of the Rings, where everybody's in the right place at the right time when the resurrection happens. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it, it'd be like Peter and another religious leader like at the tomb and they're just dejected and um, and all of a sudden you know armies of angels come to defeat death and yeah. they like they're cracking at the door and Jesus is just standing there boom he steps out and like and it's just this glorious like climactic moment mm-hmm. and instead it's kind of like yeah he's not here he's risen <laughs> and didn't you know that he said he was not going to be here anymore? yeah it's just very like it's it's just very like you know fact 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 here's just what happened here's what yeah. we saw he appears he's there for 40 days yeah, well, um, but, it, then, but then also like, or go ahead. What you I was going to say, and it makes the it, it makes the disciples look like morons too. Like they look so dumb. Yeah, like in every single case of the resurrection, like what are they doing as soon as he dies? Right. They're like hiding. Yeah, they're in fear for they're, like three days. They're just sitting yeah. like like quietly hiding in a room. Yeah, yeah. Um, the the other thing that's fascinating, uh, there's there's so many fascinating pieces, um, but the other thing that's fascinating is that the first people to see includes Mary Magdalene, mm-hmm. uh, this woman who women during those days didn't even have power if they were in like a court of law. Their testimony mm-hmm. wouldn't have even mattered. They were seen as property. They were low, second-class citizens. Yeah, you might as well say like the ox saw Jesus. Yeah. Which that felt gross for me to say, but so if you're if you're intentionally like trying to build credibility to the story, that would not be a person that you'd want to cite. You almost see Paul trying to switch this later so that there's some credibility given, hmm. um, and and yet the 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 eyewitness account is like uh, Mary Magdalene comes in and sees and is and is there the first one to just say, hey, he's risen, he's 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 alive, you know, and um, not only the fact that she was a woman in that day and age. But the fact that she had been demonically possessed by by seven demons, like <laughs> one came you, back, yeah, like like you know the 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 um, things that can get like labeled on a person, the reputation that somebody can yeah. get. Here's this woman who's been demonically possessed before. Are we gonna believe her about this? Like this, and this, but this leads to like. There's the physical side of the resurrection, and then there's the intentional, like, spiritual side of this, mm-hmm. where you're like, oh, no wonder Jesus intentionally does this with Mary Magdalene. Yeah. Because, like, the resurrection is almost, it's it's almost Jesus telling us, like, he's bringing us back to life, and he starts with the most outcast of us. Mm-hmm. He's, like, the woman, the, the, the person least likely. Right, the one you don't expect. The one that you would just say, like, who who sees him first? You'd go down the line. Like, the disciples were always arguing about who was first and second yeah. and all this kind of stuff. And the, and the woman who's filled with seven demons that Jesus delivered earlier mm-hmm. on, like, she's she's that person. Right. Well, what's hilarious is she goes back and she tells. You see this in the book of John, in John's gospel specifically. She tells them, and then Peter and John, like, almost don't, they don't believe her. Right. They go, like, they, his, the people who have been around her and around Jesus are like, nope. And, like, yeah. they go and look. And then one of my favorite details, which is kind of like, kind of aside from the point, John refers to himself in his gospel as the, the one whom Jesus loved. Mm. And he, 
he kind of just throws out there like, Mary came and told us, and then we raced to the tomb, and I won. <laughs> it's just, I don't know what that's got to do with anything, yeah, but that yeah. little pieces like that resonate with me. Yeah. This is the greatest, like, cataclysmic moment in human history, but I won the race, just so you remember. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, yeah, there is, there is that. Um, there, there is the uh, just amazing um, elements of the... Uh, the evidence, I should say, of mm-hmm. the resurrection and, and it, you know, the testimony that we have, the biblical account, the, the extra biblical account. Um, and I think the part that strikes me probably on the physical evidence side is I think when we look back, we almost it's 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 easy for us in the West because of our skepticism and our atheism. There's just this light air of like, I doubt it. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. That when we look back and we see the extra biblical accounts of like Pliny the Younger or other historic Tacitus, like when these people are interacting with Christians, it's not as though there is like they've told me this whole story and they've just told me that it's true. Like it's it's that the day of worship changed hmm. on that moment where it was Saturdays and it got now then it would it get it, like gets moved to Sundays where they start to they begin to worship on Sundays because of hmm. because of the uh day in which Jesus like rises from the grave and the uh the the way that the resurrection just blitzed the area mm-hmm. the 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 testimony the life change the transformation the and and the fact that Jesus has affected every corner of the earth mm-hmm. you know every every area and it's been through uh the west will say that it's like indoctrination but really it's like the influence of jesus on human rights on time yeah the the influence of jesus on uh women's rights the influence of jesus on government and politic and the influence of Jesus on family and friendship. And I mean, just the way that we go about Mm -hmm. the world is just so influenced by Jesus. Um, You'll even see some people will uh, talk about the fact like the Bible itself is like the first book Hmm. that has given us. It's not just truth. It's like reality. And Jesus explains it in, in, in that way. And, um, uh, and then, then ultimately, not just the eyewitness testimony, the examples of those who are right around Jesus in that day, but like those that are in our lives who are experiencing Jesus now, that he's, he's moving, he's alive, he's working. And it's not just from a, a, a retelling of it, but it's Jesus himself that's moving through the world Yeah. Uh, today. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. That's a cool thought. Um, yeah, maybe maybe a good place for us to land is just kind of asking that question again. Of like, where where does the resurrection sit for you in your heart? Like, have you have you slowed down? Hopefully, this this week, just as a church, we've done a good job of slowing down and and not just saying, "All right, it's Good Friday, whatever." I remember this thing, or it's Easter. Yep, this comes every year. Let's 
let's go wear pastel and then go celebrate with the family. Like, but slowing down, like what, what happened here? Where's my heart in it? Do I believe this? Do I believe it on an intellectual level or has this actually like, have I, have I placed my belief on this? Mm-hmm. Because just even to kind of like loosely quote C.S. Lewis again, like he didn't give us an option other than to say like he is God or he is not God. Mm-hmm. He is either Lord or he is not. He has either died and stayed dead or he has rose from the rose from the grave. And like that either gives us life or or it hasn't happened and we have nothing. Yeah. So maybe just to put it succinctly if I can, like, do you believe and have you put your belief on the fact that Jesus is resurrected? And does that change the way you live uh, as a whole and day to day. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like, it's like for the, for the followers of the day, it took their fear and post resurrection. They were new people. Yep. They were new people. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I don't think that does any less to us today. Mm. I think it does less when we just assume it's okay. Yeah. The moment we we become ho hum about the resurrection, like oh it's Easter, resurrection. If it just becomes another thing, yeah. it, it, it's lost its place hmm. in in the magnitude of history. Yeah, um, I mean, it's an incredible claim that someone rose from the dead. Yeah, and like that makes us pretty weird. I oh mean, yeah, on a, on a on a on a world scale. But the question is, is it tr- if it's true, then nothing can remain the same. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a good word. You said it. Later. <laughs>